Good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to KYRS 88.1, 92.3 FM, Medical Lake in Spokane. This is Art Hour, as well as Fundraising Week. And we have our usual hosts. I'm Mike Malsom. I'm Eric Woodard. Hey, remember, uh, Mike, back in the old days when like, they'd have Happy Days have Laverne oh. and Shirley on the show. That's right. So they'd kind of do the crossover. That's kind of what we're doing with Love Seat today. It's like Happy Days in Laverne and Shirley, and now we're doing Love Seat and Art Hour. So uh, Jennifer LaRue from Art Hour, welcome. Hi. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for having me. Uh, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> so Jennifer, you're kind of a veteran here. So um, starting this off, what is what are we going to be trying to do this hour? We are trying to get people to pledge their supports to KYRS because this is such an important radio station for our community. Um, if you go to KYRS.org, you can see all the, the shows that we have, all the great um, informative talk shows, great music shows. Just, it's such an important, it's the only non-corporate radio station in the area. Um, I don't know how far in the area, but I mean, really, we have no corporations to... Um, you know, tell us what we can and can't do, and there's just a lot of very progressive people on, on KYRS, and we would like you listeners to help support the station, and we have some great gifts for you if you do call in. So um, you could do it very easily. Whatever you decide to donate, you could just uh, pay a little bit every month. If you become a new member at the $35 level, you could just pay $3 a month. So you call in, the number is 747-3807, but we also have some great gifts. So if you call um, and pledge $100, and they could, again, split that up into 12 payments Mm -hmm. with your credit card, you will get a really rad T-shirt. And then I've got two other selections. I've got a gorgeous piece of art that you you just trust me. Yes, it's really Um, nice. Yeah, and then another um, gift I uh, put together is um, a little stack of uh, square canvases, a vintage table easel, and a book, a vintage book on how to draw the face. (laughs) Um, So you have that little little art gift, and then you have a piece of art. So if you want either one of those, you call in and pledge $100. You also get the T-shirts. So that is way, you know, and then you also get the good feeling of supporting KYRS. That's a lot for $100. You get the dopamine rush yeah. of having yeah. contributed. Yeah. Yeah, so and please. when they call in, they will be uh, talking Mary. to Mary. Mary will answer will the cool. phone. And then can they use their phone to text it in? They certainly can. Just text give KYRS to 44321. And then, you know, it just, it's self-explanatory. You could pay directly on your phone. Uh, so there are many ways to pay, and you could choose whatever options that you want. But I think the $100 level is pretty good. Um, you know, just pay it throughout the year, and you get great gifts. Yeah, that'd be great. So um, I would just say, personally, I know I have some family members and extended family out there. Uh, it would be great if you could call in. Um, we kind of set a goal, too, I believe, this hour. If we can get four or five hundred dollars would be really would really be awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you guys will be calling in seven four seven three eight zero seven. And I was here on Tuesday night uh, for a show, two hours, and nobody called in. Yeah. Nobody. It was so in. lonely. 
And we've got Mary sitting back there. She came in. She's volunteering her time. And she wants to be busy. You know, there really, there's not, there isn't really enough to go around. I mean, now with all those really easy options of donating and people are just like putting things all over social media Mm -hmm. to donate to this and that and Mm -hmm. this and that, people kind of have to pick and choose what's important to them. And KYRS actually is the most important thing to me in the Spokane area. Um, I have a lot of friends that are activists, and, you know, um, they're very, very active in, in the scene. And I'm, I'll go to them, and I'll say, do you know KYRS? And they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, well, you're, you kind of want to help combat homelessness, but there's a show on KYRS called The Science of Poverty, and they talk about homelessness, and they tell you what you could do. So you need to be listening to KYRS because, you know, they're tackling these issues as well. You know, exactly, and these are these are the kind of uh, programs that you can't get on uh, no. corporate radio stations or any yeah, other any place radio spoken, so. Well, I was talking today because uh, I was in the library, and we were talking about – I'm the co-librarian at Lewis and Clark, and I was talking about how – uh, we're talking about the value of libraries, and one of the cool things, uh, kind of, you're talking about corporate radio. One of the values of libraries is that it's one of the very few indoor spaces that aren't related to commerce. You know, you're not going to the mall to buy stuff. You're not going into Starbucks where the expectation is you're going to buy a cup of coffee or whatever. You know, that's a place where the coffee. expectation is that. Um, you know, it's it's a place where you, where everybody is welcome, and there's no commerce required, and that's what KYRS is generally. Is you know there are ads, but there are ads for things that are going on in our community, and uh, I mean this is listener supported. So the idea is that we we're not we're not here for commerce. We're just trying to uh, get enough money to make sure that we can keep offering these shows without having to take ads from you know furniture warehouse blowout this weekend, you know <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah. the fact right. that you're listening now, if you are listening, well, if you are listening, you hear my voice, and yeah, you've been right. you've been listening to this, and uh, you've been listening to it without all those stupid ads. Uh, now's the time to uh, help us out and make sure that we're sustained. Right. Um, I, being new, uh, Eric and I both being new here, though, um, for Art Hour, I would be curious to know, as we're chatting about, you know, programs that you don't hear everything else, what, what, uh, what stands out in the last six weeks or so that we've been doing this, Eric? Stands out guest-wise? Yeah, in terms of who we've interviewed or uh, how you feel about, you know, taking over um, and doing a radio show here for KYRS that's community-focused. Well, the thing that I've noticed most is, you know, you look at somebody's art and you think it looks cool, and then you uh, talk to them about where they came from and where that art came from. And I'm just amazed at, I mean, when you when you get anybody's story, it's pretty powerful. And when somebody gets to talk for an hour, uh, they always surprise you. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about that is, yeah, we see the product, the art, but... Uh, when you when you find out where that came from, and it's not that reductive. I'm not saying that it's, you know, we know this about their life, so we know where this art came from. But it's just been really powerful hearing people talk about how they got from not creating art at all as a kid to really devoting, if not all of their life, most of their life to art. So it's just been this, the stories. I'm I, Every mm-hmm. week there's been something that I just go, right. I go home and I say, wow, you wouldn't believe the story this person told. It was really <laughs> cool. Yeah, uh, one that stands out to me that we would have never heard was with um, Chris 
the Playfair one. I mean, forever that one's going to stand out. Um, I don't even know if, but see, <laughs> the Playfair one. He told us that story <laughs> off mic, so I don't know if uh, we could tell that story. We probably couldn't. Yeah, Chris Cook one. played the trumpet at Playfair. You know, to to start the horse races out at Playfair, mm. and he would talk about how he was also the errand boy taking the film up to the uh, booth upstairs uh, when there was a photo finish. And apparently there are a lot of hijinks with um, the finishes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that maybe sometimes you can't always trust uh, what the photo finish tells you. Uh, but he told us that off mic, so. You can't really trust anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the triple truth, Ruth. Yeah. So, Jennifer, tell us about your new yeah. show. Tell us about Love. Well, it's not a new show, but the show that you you stepped down from Art Hour to yeah. devote more of your efforts to. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Do I put you on the spot? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I just talk about, yeah, whatever. I play uh, meditation music and, you know, um, talk about issues that I find fascinating and important. And they're usually um, spiritual um, but it's really depressing because some of the music that I selected, like last last night, was it last night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Last night I played um, DMT music. Mm. So it's tone. Um, it's a 432HZ, which is um, a really healing tone. And, uh, you know, sounds, it's really, you know, it goes in one ear and then in the other ear. And it just really, you know. And But I look at um, how many people have viewed this YouTube um meditation thing and it's like 25,000 people but then you you see a uh, pop star you know some just ridiculous pop star and they have millions there's a there's a girl that that you know just shakes her ass I think I talked about I've talked about this um and she has millions of views and I'm like where are all the the people that want to dive into their their soul and, you know, find out who they really are. Where are all those people? Like, it just, it's depressing. So, but, I, you know, I keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. You know, I talked about the war on drugs last night, um, which is fascinating. I played Billie Holiday's song, Strange Fruit, because she was, uh, she was at the root of the war on drugs um, in her time. That's actually when it started. This, this really, this douchebag named Harry, um, I just gotten a job with uh, prohibition, and uh, alcohol became legal. And he was like, "Uh-oh, I need to keep a job." So he decided to find something to demonize, and he absolutely hated African Americans, and he hated addicts, and he hated the jazz scene. So he went after it with a vengeance, and just started. And we're still following his laws today, you know. And it's just—it's terrible when you like realize these things have happened in our history, but we're still following his ways and we have no idea where it came from you know he was a horrible human being and um, and he hounded her to her death basically to her yes he did mm-hmm. so you know the story yeah, yeah. I, have you read the book chasing the scream that's who i was talking about okay. johan who yeah, wrote johan that Hari. book yeah. yeah um yeah he told the story that's actually where i got the information was from joe rogan's podcast with johan oh and, i gotta um, hear that and i just i it was a uh, it was a three-hour podcast, but I only listened to like the first hour and a half because I think another guest came on. But I mean, I was just like listening to it with my jaw on the table, you know, like no way. Have you finished the book yet? 
Um, I haven't read the book. Oh, okay. I'm going to get the book. But well, he was talking about the book. Well, I heard about it because my daughter was taking psychology in college, and they had watched a TED Talk with Johan Hari. And he was talking about how um, they had done some research that basically suggested that molecules aren't addictive. Uh, the rat the rat yeah where the in the the experiment was and mm-hmm. if you want to tell it you feel free it's it's a it's a great story it's not a chemical um addiction it's something else it's you're it's, missing something in your life yes they would put a rat in a cage and they would mm-hmm. put heroin in the cage and the rat would become addicted to the heroin and they'd say see heroin's addictive and then this guy said maybe it's not the heroin maybe it's the cage so he said let's put a rat in a really awesome in the rat cage park. right a rat park and they would mm-hmm. bring in other rats that they could goof around with and they would have things to do all day and what was interesting is first of all they didn't get addicted to heroin but they would still take little nips at night the same way somebody might have a drink in the evening Mm -hmm. but it became part of their life and and they weren't replacing a lack in their life with that molecule they were they were just using it as part of their life so uh i mean and there was another story where um he was talking it's just a fascinating book i I love it he they um vancouver bc has a really terrible heroin epidemic or has had for a long time and if you've ever been there, they have a whole section of the city that is basically just Attic Central. It looks like it looks like Walking Dead. It's really, really crazy. Uh, and Vancouver said, we are going to shut off all supply of heroin to the city. And so they said to the hospitals everywhere, they said, uh, be ready because pretty soon, real soon, you're going to have addicts flooding in with the DTs and all this other stuff because they are going to be uh, they're, they're going to be going through withdrawals. So be ready. So they, they, it was wearing down, they shut it down, they shut it down, and they had undercover police officers buying quote-unquote heroin on the streets, and they would test it, and they'd say, there's no heroin in this heroin. So we think we've effectively shut off heroin in the streets. And what was interesting is that the hospitals were just sitting there twiddling their thumbs. because what And what they're trying to think, what they're realizing at this point is it was about um, being with other people, you know, you you find this heroin community. You have this ritual that you go through. I mean, heroin is a very ritualistic drug. Um, and so what they found there is, again, it's not the molecule. It's it's what they're getting from that community that's, quote, unquote, addictive. It's, I, I, that book just blew my mind. It blew yeah, my mind. it's crazy. It should be legalized. I mean, for sure. And he talks about that in the book, too, about what Portugal has done. Portugal and, and like, yeah. Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. I know. That, that's crazy. I, I can't imagine starting my day without without coffee. So you talk, um, you talk about I'm not doing addiction. It. Oh man, you're not doing coffee. Um, well, I decided to uh, partake in Lent, um, and just to you know, so mm-hmm. many people like go without. You know, we're we're, we're so we yeah, have you know you know we take things for granted. So I decided to 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 get rid of a, a couple things just for forty days and forty nights and and. Drinking anything but water is one of them. So no cocktails, no coffee, nothing but water. And I'm also um, just being very aware and mindful about what I'm eating, putting in my body. You know, and I'm like, if I can't do it for 40 days and 40 nights, then something's wrong with me. Right. How many billions of people across the world subsist on just water? A, 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 yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I should be able to, to do it. I have yeah. a bit of a headache, but... yeah. All right, let's not forget why we're, why we're yeah, here. We've so, got, yeah, call we Mary. need some calls. We need some calls. Uh, again. 
If Dave Jackson's out there listening, which he has the last yeah. couple of weeks, come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. Put your money where your mouth is, buddy. Christy, come on. <laughs> you can, you can uh, join. $3 so if a you, month. If you, and if you pledge $100, you get the really rad T-shirt um, that's got a picture of a kind of an old radio, and it says, This Machine Kills Fascists, um, and it's got KYRS on it. Um, so there's that T-shirt, and then, you know, you got a piece of art. If you want the art, or if you want the art-making um, little bundle you know it's it's an easel it's some canvases and a really cool art vintage art book that's really cool so seven four seven three eight zero seven or you can uh text kyrs give kyrs give kyrs at four four three two one yeah so yeah let's see if we can get some calls in and that's an interesting because i mean where else are you going to hear conversations like this (laughs) yeah about legalization of drugs yeah yeah yeah, uh, my my thing is I use I partake and whatever I partake in to expand my mind, to relax, to think, to write. Um, while a lot of other people use it to suppress their mind, you know, and their thoughts, um, and it's just a different way of you know. It's like we need to have them get in touch with their thoughts, like teach them how to do that and understand that, and then take more pleasure in using drugs. I mean, it, <laughs> I'm not saying go out and do drugs. Um, I'm not. I can't, so I shouldn't say that. But I see nothing wrong with it. Um, but we demonized it so badly. When you, when you just, for the right reasons. I mean, uh, did you see, it was just this week, the FDA has approved uh, ketamine nasal spray for depression? Yeah. And so ketamine is, this, is a party drug, and it produces out-of-body mm-hmm. experiences and all these things. And it's a demonized level one, more on drugs, all that stuff. And then now they're saying in these low doses, and what they're doing is you have to go to a clinic to get it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a ketamine nasal spray that's really doing a lot of stuff for depression. I read an article, too, about how they're using um, LSD. Uh, for PTSD. Tr- it, well, for a lot of different yeah. things. Um, one of the, the thing that was most interesting to me is they looked at terminally ill patients, mm-hmm. and obviously they were, they were depressed. And um, they had them take LSD uh, in a one-time controlled experiment. This was not, here's a prescription for LSD, take it whenever you want. It was they would go into a controlled setting with a doctor and all these other things, and they would have a, a, a day where they would go through it. They would work through their fear of death. They came out and they said, I'm, I'm not afraid of dying anymore. I I feel one with the world. And then what was most interesting is that one treatment, six months later, they went back and said, how do you feel? And they said, I still feel great. Mm -hmm. I mean, one proper (laughs) treatment, and it it just rearranged their minds. But the war war on drugs just destroyed, you know, I mean, the benefits of those Mm -hmm. things. Because we we think of it, and we're like, ooh, ooh, somebody that uses LSD, ooh, there must be something wrong with them. Ooh, heroin user, ooh. Right. Well, and what happened, uh, I just read a book called um, How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan, the guy who wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma and all those. And, I mean, he talked about... he took a lot of different hallucinogens and talked about how it changed his mind. But he, he really holds a lot of it up to Timothy Leary, who mm-hmm. who popularized mm-hmm. it a little bit too much. And then there was a oh. lot of bad drugs out there. And, you know, a lot of bad things happened because it it just it, it, it got a little too popular a little too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he puts a lot of that at the feet of Timothy Leary. And, you know, it was um, in the 60s, a lot of uh, progressives were dabbling in psychedelic drugs and so cops um, decided to, you know, well, they would use that as, as, as an excuse to arrest people that they wanted to arrest anyway. 
Yeah. Why, you know? Well, and why was cocaine so uh, the, the, the pen- penalties for cocaine were not very harsh, but the penalties for crack were very harsh? Because cocaine, rich people use cocaine. Yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I went uh, to a lot of parties in L.A. <laughs> piles, piles of cocaine. <laughs> that number is 747-3807. Call and say hi to Mary seven. and pledge, please. 747-3807. And uh, maybe do a little little promo here. Sounds good. Okay. Praxis, putting a theory into practical use. Every week, hear stories from our city, region, and world about people putting ideas into motion. Join your host, Taylor, that's me, in interviews with activists, artists, academics, and anyone shaking up systems with radical action. Tune in live Mondays at 4 p.m. right here on KYRS Thin Air Community Radio. And we're back, KYRS. This is 88.1, 92.3, Medical Lake Spokane, Art Hour. It's been a kind of a fascinating conversation. I, I never, I'll have to read that book. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was really good. Oh. And then he wrote another book that I don't think it was quite as, I don't know, well-structured, but it was basically about how um, antidepressants are really no better than a placebo. Um, and a lot of the research says that. And he was talking about his struggle with antidepressants and, and his mood disorders. Um, and he was you know, basically saying that, that the pharmaceutical companies have been... Uh, I, I mean, it, they can run 100 studies, and if they find one or two that right. say that they're effective, those are the only ones that they have to let us know yeah, about. Yeah, placebos work. I mean, you've got to sure. think about yes. that. They work. Our sure. minds are so powerful. That's what I talk about on LevSeed as well. Yeah. Um, that we really, we can heal. I do believe we can heal ourselves, but we kind of are addicted to the disease a little bit. You know, it's like, oh, I'm depressed. I'm de- and I'm, sometimes, like, I think people think I'm, um, don't have, I have deep empathy for people. But I know what depression is. I know, I mean, I should be really depressed. I should be in a rubber room, <laughs> what I've experienced. But I dive into my pain and my depression and why I feel what I feel. And a lot of people don't want to go there. They're like, I'm not addicted. I'm like, yeah, you're addicted. You, um, you know, you eat too much. You, um, you know, you, some people are addicted to exercise. People are addicted to thinking. People are addicted to shopping. You know, I know women that have like, you know, 200 tubes of lipstick, you know, and, and they don't think that's a problem. You know, it just, we're this society that has all these problems and, you know, we don't want to go there, you know, and so we medicate ourselves. And Speaking of tubes of lipstick, for the price of a tube of lipstick. <laughs> yes. You could <laughs> donate to KYRS Great segue, at 747-3807. Let's find out. Hey, Mary, have we had any calls yet? No calls. We got a what? call? No, not yet. No, oh, not, not yet. yet. She had her finger up for a one. <laughs> yeah, she tells us to keep up the good. She's encouraging us, which right. is nice. Thank you, Mary. We have some really great gifts for we you, do. you know, yeah. and but the gift really should be knowing that you are helping support KYRS, the best radio station in Spokane. We offer so much here. 
I really do. Well, and even where I was talking to Lupito, who runs the station, uh, I asked him, how hard is it to start a new program? He said, it's, it's not. I mean, anybody in the community can kind of come in here if there's a niche that's not being filled. Uh, I mean, obviously, they don't want four K-pop shows right. uh, in a night. Right. But, um, I mean, it's kind of cool. We just started this six weeks ago or so. And, uh, I mean, people can just come in here and... Uh, talk to people in the community enrich their community and it's just a it's been a cool thing to be a part of and neat people down here i've met some neat people so even if you're not a part of it or if you don't plan on being a part of it the fact that you're listening right now means that you kind of are a part of it so uh, you can help out the station by calling 747-3807 or texting uh give kyrs uh to 44321 yeah it it gives um people that we have right here in Spokane a platform too that they would n- not normally have or probably ever have uh, on, on any of the corporate radio stations and I, I've just been blown away by you know the talent and the, you know the intellect and the conversations that we've just had in five weeks that we've been doing this show it's been pretty amazing it's, and it's great to give them that platform and again they wouldn't have that um, if we didn't have the community radio stations mm-hmm. such as we have. So that your support is absolutely And, you know, we valuable. even have a couple of shows that are um, completely run by kids. Hmm. Um, oh, there's, like, a, one that's teenagers, one that's elementary school. Um, what are they called? There's uh, Dragonflies is one. I think those are elementary school kids. And then there's, um, uh, not reset, Detention, I think, is another one. Um, but yeah, you should go to kyrs.org and you could, you know, search all the shows. And yeah, they are completely produced by kids. And so it's kids' voice. So we give voice to just so many different people. Right. That's great. I have a question for you, too, that I've been thinking about. And I thought this would be a fun thing to talk about on air. You're both married, and I am, too. And uh, I, my niece is getting married. I'm cl- very close to my niece, and uh, not only am I performing the ceremony, but oh. they asked uh, for everybody to submit a video to the couple and I I was sitting in the car we were driving uh, my wife and I were driving and we were thinking um, if I had to give a video for in my in, in my delivery of, of the ceremony if I wanted to give advice about marriage what would I give and it was remarkably difficult mm-hmm. to think of I mean I, I, I've been with my wife for 33 years and we have a good marriage. And so it's not like I don't have a good marriage or, you know, can't think of things that we've done. But as far as advice that you could give to somebody, some usable advice about, you know, how to embark on this uh, marriage uh, properly, I, I was having a real hard time. Can you think of something that you would say to somebody about what would make for a good marriage? Whoa, uh, that's a that's a good one. Thirty five years, yeah. Right, congrats. Again. But I, I think part of it is you 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 kind of create a relationship. So in some ways, I'm trying to kind of make a, a metaphorical uh, crossover with Art Hour. But a lot of things are you go in, uh, you have um, that perseverance piece. I think is a big part of it. Um, but you have to be connected emotionally. I think is another part of it. Um, but you have to work at it. It's more than just uh, hormones and, and a honeymoon love type of thing, which uh, you know can wear off after a while. But you you develop a deeper uh, emotional 
thing, teamwork and things like that. I don't no. know, but that's a <laughs> some occur to you, Jennifer. Um, yeah, it is uh, not my husband's job to make me happy, and it's not my job to make him happy. We're both very, um, you know, because you actually can't make another person happy. You can make them smile, you can make them laugh, you can make them feel good, but you cannot make them happy. And um, that is, I think, the roots of, I mean, I want my husband to go out and explore and do whatever he feels he needs to do in his life. Um, I hear a lot of couples like, you know, a wife complaining about her that her husband doesn't do this and, you know, a man complaining his wife doesn't do that. It's like, what, what are your expectations here? You know, you're two humans on, we're on our own journeys, but we decided to journey together. You know, um, pillars stand apart for a reason. Uh, we have a very strong relationship. It'll be 20 years in August. And, um, nice. just like no expectations. And, and when you're fighting, whatever, don't have to win. Don't be prideful. You know, it's like, you know, when, even if you're feeling embarrassed about something, just say it, just be completely open, completely honest, say what you need, say what you want. Um, and yeah, know that you cannot make another human being happy. Mm-hmm. That kind of fits with something that my mom used to have on her wall. Uh, it says marriage is not, uh, it's not finding the right person. It's being the right person. Yeah. So, and that's saying what other people do is out of your hands. Yeah. I mean, you, the only thing that's in your hands is how you behave. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. If my husband wanted to have an affair, I wouldn't go, Oh, oh I'd say, do it, dude. If that's, <laughs> if that would make you happy, you know, do it. Tell me about it. You know, um, I mean, we're on this journey. We're we're living this life, and we should enjoy it and embrace it. And you know, I don't know. It's well, and this kind of goes back to that uh, drug conversation we were talking about. If he wants to have an affair, what is it that's missing that he's filling with exactly. this affair? Exactly. So that's we'd a have an question. open conversation yeah. Yeah. about that. And so he he has no desire to. But if he did, I'd know it would be for a really good. You know, because we're so open how we talk. Um, but yeah, he'd be missing something. And, and so he'd probably, he would come to me and say, hun, I'm missing this and I want this here. And mm-hmm. I'd say, okay, well, either I'll fix what you're missing here or go do it, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, it, it hasn't happened. You know, I don't know if it will, but he knows. Maybe knowing that he can makes him not really, sure. you know, want sure. to do it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm back to what Mike was talking about, too. I mean, what I came down to as I just hemmed and hawed and just said things and went, no, that's not it. That's not it. It was, you got to do the work. Yeah. You got to do the work, uh, that, that it, this is not something that occurs and it's not something that you find. It is something that you are continually in the process of creating. You got to do the work and not say you got to make the other person do the work. Like you're talking about Jennifer. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, there's work you have to do constantly about being the right person. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think that's... Uh, glad I got this recorded. Maybe I'll just send this <laughs> to her. <laughs> Is this your first um, wedding that you're going to actually... It's my third. This will be third my third. One. The first one, I did a fine job, but I had a major, major screw up in the first one. I forgot to tell people to sit down, and so they stood through the entire wedding. Oh, no. Oh, my God. And I didn't notice. I was so terrified. I just didn't. I looked out, and I didn't notice. Everybody stood through the whole wedding. So that that was bad. And then I've been to subsequent weddings where the, the pastor has, all, has forgot to tell people that, too, and they sat down of their own. So currently I am blaming the, the people at the wedding for not sitting down. I'm not blaming myself. Yeah. Uh, the second wedding, yeah, I performed, and I did okay. And this one, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Third time's a charm. Yeah. 
My wedding was overseen by my um, PR professor. He, he was ordained in the uh, Church of Love in the 60s. <laughs> and he, and he, <laughs> he was a really cool guy. Yeah. 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 My wife has uh, actually um, done a couple weddings as well. Right on. And she really enjoys it. Does a great job. Who did she do them for? With, she um, did one for uh, really good um, friends of uh, my son's, uh, um, Jeff and uh, Ramsey. Uh, daily, and then she uh, did one for my nephew, uh, Ryan Cleveland, which was really good. And, um, and there's a special kind of connection there, too, I think, if you, you know the party. Mm-hmm. And, for sure. Uh, I think that's a memory that mm-hmm. uh, you, you can't. You know, you can't put a price tag on that. And I will say the one that I forgot to ask them to sit down, they're currently in the process of not being married anymore. I'm not saying that I've taken this on myself as being part of the problem, but I will say I've had a few sleepless nights about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But the second one, yeah. wasn't, still yeah. going strong, so I'm one for two. Oh, yeah. I, I went to a wedding, and I, I found a, um, there was a dead bird in the parking lot. Ooh, was that and, an omen? Um, it, I was like, they're not going <laughs> to last. I've just seen that bird, and I actually I, I found some I I picked it up and put it in the trash because I didn't want either one of them to see it, mm-hmm. and yeah, they were divorced in a year. Wow. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening um, again, if you could seven four seven three eight zero seven, please call. We and did get our first call though. Oh, I heard did? that phone awesome. ringing back I heard there. It yeah. Twice. So oh, it rang twice. Oh, oh my wow. gosh! Let's keep the, keep those calls coming. Yeah, please. Uh, you know, become a member if you're thirty five dollar level. Yeah, um, yeah. We've got some really great gifts to offer. If you uh, pledge one hundred dollars, you'll get a really rad T shirt that shows your love for KYRS, mm-hmm. and then um, you can get a piece of art, or you can get a piece, uh, a little collection of art making tools um, that I will deliver to you, or you can come to the station and pick them up. But you know, you could do it monthly. You know, spread it out over the month, over the year. Yeah, monthly. Um, just help KYRS. It's so important. You won't hear conversations like this anywhere else. No. That was a good one. Yeah, I have another question that I was going to ask. Let me see if I can find Excuse it. Excuse me. Mm. Um, yeah, I used to... Okay, so when the conversation would get stale on Art Hour, I had these little pieces of paper um, just right here mm-hmm. with just... I'm like, pick a piece of paper, and there would be something written on it one of them i had soylent green was written on it once another one was um who's um more to blame the tailor or the emperor yeah or the people right yeah So your uh, show, you talked a little bit, uh, Jennifer, mm-hmm. about some things you're going to try to do this, oh, this summer, summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sounds really kind of cool, and, and it's going to be connected to your show, but it's going to be yes. done off-site. So I'm going to, um, I guess I'll open this up to a listener. If you, if you are on a, any kind of a spiritual journey, um, you know, actually, I'm, I'm thinking of this one girl that does uh, drum circles every full moon. Her name is Eve, and I'm going to mm-hmm. invite her. But um, this summer, I'm going to have like a um, a little little place by the river for four months. We've booked it, and so I'm going to invite people there to come um, during a full moon, or you know, and just be there at night, and to have a very intimate 
conversation about spirituality. And I'm going to pre-record it, you know, with the sound of the water in the backgrounds and um, just have some sort of an intimate conversation with somebody that's on a journey. And I would love, you know, listeners, if you're interested in that, um, you could find Love Seat, of course, on KYRS.org. You can email me through there. Or you could find Love Seat on Facebook and say, hey, I would love to, um, you know, join you for a discussion like that. And, you know, it could be anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Um, we'll just pre-record it, and then I'll play it during my show. And, I mean, because I, I love to get others', others opinions on um, this, these, their spiritual journeys because um, it can't all about be about me, you know. <laughs> and yeah. this, this place is in North Idaho, right? Uh, yeah. Just yeah, it's Idaho. right by the Little Coeur d'Alene River. Um, yeah, just, uh, we, yeah, we booked this spot for four months. Oh, wow. And we'll have our little... Uh, trailer parked there and we'll sleep under the stars and <laughs> so I will be I would love to invite people out that really that would like to to have that quiet place and have a nice quiet intimate conversation about things other than what we normally hear mm-hmm. uh-huh. when you were uh, growing up were you religious I mean were you raised in a religious background um, well my parents wanted to send me to the best schools so I went to a Catholic school um, but I'm Jewish, so I was segregated. It was it was really hilarious. I mean, you know, I'd, I would be put in the back of the, the church and the pews, and there was like a row of us, like six of us that were not um, Catholic. And so, yeah, I went to Catholic school, and I also went to Hebrew school. Uh, when I got a little bit older, um, I kind of sort of dabbled in, um, there were a lot of Hare Krishnas in L.A. Like they were like at the airport and stuff. And, you know, I, I kind of learned a little bit about them. There were some Buddhist temples. I, I, I went in there. I kind of dabbled in a bunch of different stuff and just kind of found that there's a common thread in all of them. And they're not, not one of them is right, mm-hmm. but they're all right. You know, so I will never, never adopt a, a religion or subscribe to one. But um, it's all about love, man. <laughs> well, the reason I ask is I was raised a Pentecostal. Uh, you know, laying on of hands oh and um, speaking in tongues and <gasps> yeah, all that. So well, I shouldn't say I was raised, but my mom got me into the church when I was, uh, I mean, low double digits. I don't remember how old I was, 10, 11, 12. Um, and it's funny because that, that uh, whole experience really, uh, I mean, it, it turned it, I think really experiences like that sometimes turn you into more of a spiritual person mm-hmm. because you, you get a glimpse of what's real behind it, but it's kind of all yes, all of this stuff. I got that a glimpse of yeah. Y- yeah, but but you say no, this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't mm-hmm. it. But it's clo- it's it it's it put me on the path to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was it was intense. It was I had crazy. a little altar in my room as a as a child, okay. like eleven, twelve, thirteen years old, and it was uh, stacks of shoe boxes under a desk, and I would crawl under there and pray. And I had like a statue of Mary, a star of David, a crucifix. I had some little dried flowers from Hare Krishna's. Mm-hmm. Um, I had pennies that I would pick up. You know, I just kind of made my own little altar, and I would just pray. Didn't pray to anyone in particular, but I prayed, and I still pray. You know, if I pray to myself, you know, we are God body is a temple you should go inside well it's interesting that you're talking about the commonality I, i'll get to this in a minute because i read this through these really cool things hi mary mary uh, is bringing in a note where did we go oh stacy rude my main man uh he uh is a new friend he pledged ten dollars a month and awesome. we we needed uh 20 new members we had uh 13 
And now we have 14. Is that right, Mary? We have, oh, we have eight new members. Gotcha. So we were at seven. Now we're at eight. We've got 12 more to go. That is wonderful. Stacy, love you, buddy. Uh, is that a friend of yours? He is, yeah. I've known awesome. him. He worked with my wife for cool. uh, a while at, at a nursing home up north, and now he lives right by us, and he uh, works at Huckleberries, and so you can go buy a pastry from him on the weekends. Oh. Do you do the order? Um, no, I'm just Very cool. So thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so here was the here's the question that I had because yeah. I was reading this article today, and you were saying it's all you know it's it's all connected it's all in the same, and it said that seventy five percent of Americans favor higher taxes for the ultra wealthy according to a poll, um, and paid maternity leave sixty seven percent of the public supports that, eighty three percent support. Strong net neutrality. Sixty uh, percent want stronger privacy laws. Seventy-one um, percent think we should be able to buy drugs from Canada. Ninety-two percent uh, of people think that uh, Medicare should negotiate for lower drug prices. And the premise of the article was simply that we we feel like we're all divided. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw. That. I read that article. Yeah, actually. <laughs> and and, it, and we're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there are people who are driving wedges in between mm-hmm. us. They're using, and they're literally called in politics wedge issues. They're driving these wedges between us. But if we really got together and had a conversation that didn't Divide have to do and with. Conquer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I've been thinking lately, I mean, how do we get back to that? I think the, how, you know, obviously the social media giving you the feed that you mm-hmm. want instead of being, yeah. we don't come into contact with people who disagree with us very often. Well, KYRS. <laughs> yeah, right? it's a good go. thing to well it's a great platform to have a conversation but um, also read an article uh, in the Atlantic uh, by Charles Duhigg who talked about anger you know and really how anger at, at, at one level is really a necessary thing it causes people to focus on a problem and it tends to get solved a lot faster but if you sustain it and it goes up to the next level, then you start getting into this divisive mode. But he was talking about how much money is made just on on driving anger. I mean, the media makes a lot of money on this because you know you've got you know you got the Hatfields and the McCoys going at it, and as long as we can keep that going, the hits and all of the things on the all, all platforms of media have gone way up. So there's money to be made on that, and we never really, like, talk to the 80% that might agree with that. We might come away with the idea that, holy cow, it's a 50-50 split all the way down the I, road, which I is I think not. what it is is if we felt like we were enough, you know, if we felt like we were all connected and we were enough and we were good enough and we were whole, that we wouldn't be shopping as much as we, did, we do. We wouldn't need all these things to fill those empty holes. You know, and so they are just punching us with all these holes because they want to make money off of us. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do, yes, <laughs> take a short promo break. Before we take be the right. promo yeah. break, though, yeah. while we're doing the promo, while you're saying, I, I'm going to need to take a breath from this scintillating conversation, <laughs> you could call 747-3807 and you could become a, a new member for $3 a month. You can uh, text 44321, and you can text give KYRS to that number. Uh, you can be just like Stacy and become a new member and give 10 bucks a month. Let's do it.
Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, the blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. I'm living for the weekend. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. And we are back, KYRS, 88.1, 92.3 FM, Medical Expo Can. What a rollicking and freewheeling conversation we've had so That's far, uh, Mike. Yeah. It's kind of how uh, it always goes. Yeah. What, uh, Eric teaches uh, AP um, psychology uh, at Lewis and Clark High School. Um, you guys had any interesting uh, kind of topics where the kids really kind of like got into it? Well, we, j- we just finished our developmental psychology unit, which is fun because we get to talk about Piaget and we get to learn about how kids are uh, predictably stupid at certain ages in their lives you know they don't have object permanence and things like that but we just finished today talking about erickson's um eight stages of psychosocial development talking about how when you're a baby you you have to develop trust Mm -hmm. and when you are two years old you have to develop autonomy you have to be able to you know that's why two-year-olds say no because they're asserting their independence uh, and then, you know, you get to where the teenagers are and you say your role, according to Erickson, is you need to uh, figure out who you are. It's identity versus role confusion. So that's why they try on new identities and they're not, they try on new friend groups and all that stuff. Um, and it's really fun for, for me to help them put themselves in perspective and say, here are the, here are the, the stages that I've been through. Here's the stage that I'm currently in. And, you know, I say, when you think middle school, that's identity. You just, nobody knows who they are in middle school, right? And I say, (laughs) you're you're close. You're getting Mm -hmm. close. But a lot of you are saying, I don't know where I want to go to school. I don't know uh, what I want to major in. So you still don't have your identity. And then we talk about, you know, your next step is going to be intimacy versus isolation. Uh, Who are are going to be the people? And what's funny is they always think intimacy means sex. So they're like, are you talking about losing your vagina? I'm like, no, 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 no. There's another kind of intimacy. I say, you know, it's, it's who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? It doesn't have to be marriage, but it's, it's significant others. It's, it's people who are your boon companions forever. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about where we, well, actually, it's interesting because you're in a different stage than me and Jennifer. Um, well, you're kind of not, but uh, generativity versus stagnation. That's the big part of your life. Basically, from the time you resolve your intimacy conflict to the time you kind of retire. Mm-hmm. You're figuring out, am I going to generate value? Am I going to do something worthwhile? Am I going to become self-actualized? Or am I going to be stagnant? Am I going to... um Am I going to kind of spin my wheels and get to that midlife crisis and say, what's the purpose of my life? But if you have generativity, you know what the purpose of your life is. So I said, you know, one thing that you have to start thinking about and getting them to think ahead is how, how are you going to make a decision now so that you can have a life that's, that's generative when you're my age, you know? Yep. So, so that you think, am I, am I going to do something that, that brings value to the world, that makes me feel like I'm doing some good, that I'm leaving a lasting legacy? Um, and then the last stage is they talk about if you resolve it properly, you have what they call ego integrity. 
And the last stage is, and, and integrity is the root word is the same root as integer, meaning whole, and integer is a whole number. So do you end your life feeling like you're whole? And then if you don't resolve it, Erickson said, um, you either have ego integrity if you resolve it, or you have despair if you don't resolve it. And I said, I said one of the things that I want you all to think about is you got to think with the end in mind. If you want ego integrity, once you're done, once you kind of look back and you say, I, I, you know, I, I, I get to look back at my life and say, how'd I do? Yeah. You got, you know, you're going to have one of two answers. Yeah. You're going to say, I feel whole or I feel despair. And I said, try to start thinking now about how to structure your life so you feel whole. So it's, and sometimes when I get out of the AP thing, I say, you know, I'm not Mr. Woodard talking to you right now. I'm Uncle Eric talking to you right now. <laughs> and at I first would love they, to have you as a teacher. I bet you're just an oh, awesome teacher. Thank you. Phenomenal teacher. But, you know, that is so true. Um, and I think uh, at, at my stage, just retiring from, like, the day-to-day work, career type of thing, but not retired from you know, life, because I think it's really what you're talking about, main generative, you know, being mm-hmm. generative. And I think the, what you're doing right here right, is, is generative. Yeah. Uh, you know, like our baby boomer generation uh, gets to kind of maybe ha- redefine that because mm-hmm. you're going to live. Uh, our generation will probably live till we're 85 and you'll be healthier. longer so. too. We're going to be healthier longer. Um, so is it going to be, you know, 20, 15 more years of despair or complete excitement because you have something to look for when you get up. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I really appreciate, you know, if you're a student and I try to uh, advise other you know, people a lot younger than myself, is that retirement, you know, we talk about investing for retirement as a money thing. You need to, you know, <laughs> it's all about money, but it's yeah. way more than it. It's, it's, a, it's a holistic type of investment. You've mm-hmm. got to invest in your social connections. Invest your in your own, health. In your health, in your own, your own mental uh, capacities, and, and, and your intellectual capacities. Because those, over time, just like money, compound. That's what I've discovered. And if you put, put the time in as you're going through that journey, your, your life is only going to get better. Right, but you also have to think, I mean, you don't want to put it in the bank and say, I'm going to do all the good stuff when I'm 60. Right. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah. gen- it's very, it's like compound interest. You're yeah. always constantly, yeah. d- you know, building the capacity to enjoy life for a, for a long it, time. If I was a president, I would um, make everyone retire at the age of 50 and then do nonprofit work with what they've learned throughout their years, and then that would open up the job market to younger mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I've heard, I don't know if I heard that in a, in a book or something. But, yeah, so you can actually live your, you know, have fun with mm-hmm. the end of your life instead of waiting until you're however old to retire and then, you know, still, you know. Absolutely. I would love that. I, a very, very wealthy person, I said that to her, and she was like, why would I do that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, not everybody thinks like me. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think with technology, artificial intelligence, uh, automaticity, all of that stuff is going to redefine work anyway. Mm-hmm. And then that's going to redefine in yeah. uh, our purpose in life. Well, and then you bring up universal basic income yeah, at that point, wage, which right. that's a whole other that's hour. Whole, yeah. We, oh, have, about, we, <laughs> we have, have about four. three minutes left, yeah. and we don't have time so for that. So what do we need to do here before the – Well, first we of all, we need one more person yeah. to call, 747-3807. 747-3807. $3 a month. 
uh, will get us to our goal. Uh, we did have Stacy, my main man, just pledge $10 a month. So anything that you can give really would be great to help sustain this place so that uh, you can keep listening to this station. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. This is fun. I love talking to you guys. <laughs> oh, thanks. I like talking. And you ask yeah. me provocative questions, oh. not on the air necessarily, but I love that. Because I talked I talk to uh, people about it. I said, well, you wouldn't believe what, what she asked me today. And they say, well, how did you answer that? And I'm like, well, I just answered it. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, um, yeah. About that. Jennifer's conversations and how, how good you are on the balance beam and sometimes... <laughs> are you talking oh, about all. that question I asked? <laughs> yeah, you can, we can say that word. She yeah. said, are you perverted? Yeah. And uh, I, I said, well, that kind of depends on what you mean by uh, perverted. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. I, I, so but, we, but he was kept his balance. <laughs> he, like I said, he was on the balance. I mean, he kind of did a nice little cartwheel, a nice little dismount. Um, and I was kind of bruising my shins on the end, trying to hold on to the thing. So uh, that was, yeah, Jennifer's nothing. She's not no, it's provocative never, with great questions. It's never know? boring. <laughs> so much better than idle chit-chat. Oh, I man. like questions like that yeah, so that much so better. Great. You know, I was, um, I was uh, just, this is all I'm going to say about universal yeah. basic income, but did you know that both Martin Luther King Jr. and Richard Nixon were proponents of universal basic income? Wow. That they were on the record of both supporting that. Ah, when you no. talk about the two, two extremes, right. they both were at one time in their careers were proponents of that. So I think that's, I'm not saying that it's something whose time has come, but I think some interesting people are starting to talk about it. Oh, I'm sure there are think tanks going on right now about the next, you know, 50 years and what that's going to be and what we have to do to kind of get ready for that. And there's a there's a um, I guess some uh, investment firm called Y Combinator uh, that has been... Um, they, they're doing a practice, I think it's in Sacramento or Fresno or some Northern California city where they're, they're practicing universal basic income to just right, see what yeah. happens. Right, it, yeah. I, some place in California. Yeah, I read that. gosh. I don't remember what it was. I don't think Riverside it's either one of those cities or something, or something it was like just that. A small but, yeah, they're experimenting one. with it. It's just interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, we yeah. need some pilot cities doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, how about Spokane? Yeah, yeah, I know. Y Combinator, we're here. We're ready for you. Yeah. Bring us your universal basic income. Yeah. That's and legal drugs. And bring us another call. That would be great. 747-3807 or text give KYRS at 44321. Any last little comments, Eric? We got about a minute, 50 seconds. Uh, I, don't, I, I had the question. I prefer – that's what I like about this yeah. because when I'm around people, I like asking questions. Yeah. I like just figuring out what makes people tick. So right. that's what I've liked about this is I, – I, I mean, you did ask me that question I rambled on about uh, yeah. Erickson. But I, I really do like finding out – like with the marriage thing, right. what, yeah. what do you think it is? And yeah. I thought those were both really interesting yeah. answers. That's why Thank I like you. the show too. That's why I like community radio because you can ask questions yeah. like that that are very Support. interesting. Support. Yes, one more time, please call now, 747-3807, or you can text give KYRS at 44321. Give whatever you want to give, just give. And thank you, Stacy. Yes, and you, this Stacey. is again KYRS, 88.1, 92.3 FM, Medical Lake, Spokane. Have a great afternoon. Bye. Bye.